Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Welcome to the 10th episode of Ashley Talks Podcast. Today, I'm so, so happy to have Dan Waldschmidt with us. He is international best-selling author. He is a business strategist. He's a speaker and he's an extreme athlete. I mean, Dan is obsessed with success. He pushes the limits of high performance in everything he does to the absolute, absolute limit. Dan uses every ounce of his energy, and I read his blog, believe me, he uses all of this energy to help people around him. Um, Dow Jones calls his uh, blog, which is Edgy Conversations, the best blog on the internet. Dan, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Beautiful. Dan, uh, you are a well-known person globally and, of course, in the States where you're from. And I appreciate you taking the time early uh, today to speak with us. Uh, here in Asia, not many people heard of you. So can you tell me your story once again? How did you arrive at this place? And thank you for um, inviting me on uh, your amazing podcast. The so I started off with very, very, very strict parents. And um, while my parents um, were Caucasian, um, they had much of the Asian mindset. Uh, my <laughs> mom, I, 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 I joke with her that she was the uh, original tiger mom. Um, you know, no, there was no there was no TV in our home at all for 18 years. No TV at all in our oh, home. No. Even though my, my parents were pretty well off, there was just no TV. And yeah. I had to practice the piano an hour a day. I had to, you know, practice the violin. Um, I had to read at least a book a day and give a report on it to my mom. Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness! <laughs> How many children uh, are there in the family? Oh, there, there were five of us. Five. So they had um, their little army, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. And so, you know, growing up, I read like three thousand books. It's nuts. I mean, it was. Wow. It was. Yeah, and my, you know, taking it a step further, my mom said, "Well, you know, fiction. If you read fiction books, it's a fantasy." And I don't want you filling your minds with fantasies. So you need to read, you know, nonfiction books. You need to read books on business. So, I mean, at 12, I re I'm reading my dad's Blackstone law oh, books, no. right? I it's, she was, she was awesome. Uh, at the time I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, at, at 12, 13, 14, I started my first business mowing lawns and it seemed innocent enough until that business was like, many, many thousands of dollars wow. and, and, and eventually paid my entire way through uh, five years of school, of college. And so, you know, it, it was, you know, it, it just amazing. And then, and then quickly at 19, um, I took another business uh, from 2 million and over the next two years grew it to 20 million. And, and of course made, made a lot of money. And then I did the same thing again in my mid twenties. And then I you know took another company from, you know, uh, you know, growing, uh, I, I was, I was, I, I learned pretty early on that I was good at growing businesses from hundreds of thousands of dollars to, mi to millions. And of course now my clients are billions, right? Billions of dollars. Right. But, um, at the heart of it, at the heart of it, I, I just had this up, I had an unfair advantage. I was raised by, by parents who just forced me to be disciplined and forced me to learn. And, and that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So you come from a family of overachievers. How about the rest of the four of you? How about the rest of the so kids? I, yeah, so I, I have two brothers and then two sisters. And my two brothers, both of them are, are probably more successful than I am. <laughs> we all debate that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, 
It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that my parents' track record was pretty darn good. And the two sisters? They're they're lovely people. They're 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 married to amazing husbands. Uh, they're not really super competitive. Although my sisters always had like side hustles going on. You know what I mean? There's always like a side business, a side venture. It's pretty impressive to see. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Amazing to hear the story. I mean, I come from, um, uh, I was born in Russia and, uh, my parents also valued learning a lot. They never forced me to read 3000 books, but I know when you say, you know, discipline and really in life that takes you so, so far, just that discipline and that desire to learn and also coming from, from that overachiever family, you know, in my, in my family, there was never a question whether I, you know, go to a good school or, you know, it, it was just there. Like, of course, you're going to a good school. Of course, you're doing those things. Of course, you're going to be successful. So that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Imagine now as a, um, so I went to five years university. What I didn't tell you was uh, that's at two different colleges. So <laughs> I actually graduated and instead of going in to become a neuroscientist, I went to, um, I went to a seminary to become a minister. Uh, ah. and my, my mom was happy. She was like, good. This is our son. He, he, he's giving back to the world. This is good. And I was there for three years and I was like, yeah, this is not my thing. So okay. I dropped out of school. Dropping out of school was not a thing my parents liked at all. So I said, let me go back to school. So I went and studied government and international politics at a major university in, in Northern Virginia. And um, uh, after two years, I woke up one day and I said, wait a minute, why am I doing this? I've built a company. I've got hundreds of employees. We're making millions of dollars. The only reason why I'm school is because my mom said, if I don't graduate, I'll always be a nobody. Right. So I was like, <laughs> I just got to work through that because that's not that's not a good reason to stay in college. Yeah. So you left. I left. I left. Never finished um, and um, dropped out twice. Some people drop out once. I tried it really <laughs> hard twice. <laughs> Couldn't so you're never going yet. back. You're never going back to that place. <laughs> no, there's no need. There's no need to it. But, you know, as for learning, you know, it's interesting. I, I love how you said about learning. You know, that's one thing I want to try that I try to teach my kids. That's one thing I try to teach grown adults, right, at big companies. You have to love to learn. There yeah. is so much information out there. I mean, I was on a call yesterday where someone shared some business insights with me that were so breathtaking. It almost brought me to tears. Because, um, not that I'm overly emotional, it's just, yeah. sometimes you're looking for an answer and you're like looking and searching and, and then all of a sudden someone who, who's been there before says, do this. And you're like, oh my gosh, God. absolutely <laughs> amazing. You know, what's interesting is we have, um, often, you know, especially young people that make this mistake in their careers and, and it happens at all levels of business. People get so locked in on, I already know. I don't want your advice, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if I take your advice and it looks like I'm weak, they have all these preconceived notions that hold them back from learning. And if you can learn, man, your destiny, there's so much greatness for you. You know what I mean? There's no limit to your capability. But if you're stubborn and you say, oh, if I don't know it, then it must not exist. You know, yeah. if it were something I should have known, I would have known. If you have these kind of these negative ideas about life, you know, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're limiting your own options. 
That's for sure. And here in Asia, we see that a lot. I mean, people follow the predetermined path, what their parents say, and, you know, how school educates, and everybody just settles. And they have so many limiting beliefs, and they have so many, again, things. And when we talk about loving to learn, they don't understand that training and learning never stops. After you graduate from school, it doesn't mean that you don't pick up a single book and um, that you don't attend the course, right? That you, that you don't put yourself out there anymore. That's just the beginning of the way. That's right. And, and you know, to, to learn, if you just think about the mechanics of learning, is that you have to kind of quiet your mind. I mean, one of the, so, so I get called in to help, um, uh, help, help people uh, unstick their businesses. And, yeah. and, and actually, we have an office in Tokyo uh, but to be candid with you, most of the time, it's our job to fly under the radar because yeah. when we get behind a client, it's our job to help them win. And um, and so you want to be quiet about that, right? <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that's hard is is, is that uh, often business leaders don't set aside time to just be quiet. And here's why that matters. If, if things aren't working out for you personally or professionally, yeah. then instead of just doing more, which, which is going to lead to probably more of the same. You have to take a step back, quietly look at what's going on. What, what are the motivations? What are my intentions? Um, what is really happening? And, 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 you know, we've been programmed, unfortunately, to have kind of link things together. So let's say you're having a bad day. Here's a silly example. Having a bad day, mm. you, you know, you drive to work late and all of a sudden you notice like, you know, all the little things that you would have never been bothered by another day now bother you. Oh, someone touched my coffee cup. And why does that person always, you know, make that face at me? And, and, <laughs> and why is this client always picking on me? And you have, you kind of spiral out of control because you link several things together that should never have been linked together, usually mm. in a negative uh, way. And, and so instead of taking a step back and go, wait a minute, Someone just, you know, the office cleaner moved my mug. Not a big deal. That client's having a bad day themselves. Not a big deal. Yep. And so if, if you do this a couple of days in a row where you link negative things together, you can have a really bad week. And if you link some bad weeks together, you can have a really bad month, you can have a really bad year. You can have a, you know, a pretty bad run of a decade or so because you're connecting negative things that you know, should never be connected. And, and so then I get a phone call saying, Dan, you know, we really feel stuck, whether it's our sales team or, or whether it's just our company as a whole, can you help us think differently? Mm. And that's where edgy conversations, I was blown away by, you know, edgy conversations. It was translated to Russian, Ukrainian and Spanish and Korean and, and a few, I forget all the languages, but, but, uh, you know, in that book, I started writing about, wait a minute, why is it that some people, ordinary people, mm. seem to achieve greatness and others, even with all the good things going for them, the education and money, they seem to fail. So what's happening? Like what's really going on behind the scenes? That's the conversation that needs to happen more often. Like putting aside your pride, putting aside your ego. And unfortunately, mm. many, many times that only happens when someone's in a really, 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 really bad way. It's like, you know what I mean? When things are they really bad, then they're like... When it's really exactly. bad, yeah. Exactly. Nobody looks for guidance before it gets that. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned that you figured out that you were so good at turning around businesses and making more money early on. Uh, what is that? Is it 
a skill? Is it a talent? Can you learn it? Have you always had it? Is it your personality? What is it? What makes you such a successful, you know, uh, leader at picking those, uh, those, those things and basically uh, changing the company? It is a set of skills that I probably developed mm. one reading books, my own personal life experience as a business leader and, and creating some multi-million dollar businesses myself. Uh, I, I probably kind of, you know, just grab little pieces of things. I, I'm a voracious learner. So I'm learning from T. Harv Ecker and, and Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle and Richard mm. Bandler. And, mm. and like, I'm grabbing all these things and putting them in. But, but what's neat about it is through my perspective. So mm. I, I'm not teaching what you hear other people teach. I'm pulling this into a business perspective. Often when you hear Eckhart Tolle or Robbins or Bandler or any of these other people, it's through a life betterment, life right. improvement. Right. I'm looking at it from a, how do I use this to make more money? Perfect. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to manipulate, but I want to make more money. So I've, I've gathered pieces of all these masters and I've studied from great Zen masters, make great meditation masters you know, uh, financial masters. I, I just, I found the best people in the world to study under. And then I take little pieces of it and I go, Oh, here are the rules. Right. And I noticed some common patterns that different people use different language, but at the core of the actual nouns and verbs that they're using are a couple behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I just, one, if I'm the consultant, I, go through this process. I go through these behaviors, number one. Number two, if I'm teaching a team, I teach them these behaviors. And it's really four simple things that I've noticed time and time again. And by the way, mm. it's not just business people. I help athletes. I help uh, politicians. Overachievers. Uh, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I guess maybe I, sh maybe I shouldn't advertise the politician thing. but <laughs> <laughs> Not from the States. Not, not if it comes from the States. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, everything's gotten twisted, it seems recently. But, um, but, but, and, 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 the, and the four behaviors are really this. If you look at high achievers across anything, they, they do a couple things. One, they use extreme behavior, mm. extreme behavior. Mm. So the question you, you should ask is like, what's the most extreme thing we could do here? Not if what's the safest, what's the easiest, what's the fastest. What's the thing that doesn't get us in trouble? Th those are those are the wrong strategy. The, answer, the question to answer is, what's the most extreme thing we can do here? And, and by the way, uh, well, I'll spend this, a minute here. Mm -hmm. Tactically, most of your competitors aren't willing to do the extreme thing. They're not. Mm. They're they they're afraid of it. And of so, course. if you do it, it it automatically you automatically separate yourself from them. You automatically make a difference. So that's just something to note. Is that your, your competitors, they're, they're, they're too afraid to do this. They're too afraid. So you're automatically going to beat them at this game of business. Okay, that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's not just extreme behavior. It's disciplined activity. And if you're going to be extreme, it doesn't make sense to do that just one time. Mm -hmm. You need strategies and processes that you can Rachel. implement across your mm -hmm. entire organization that keep you disciplined and accountable on a daily basis. And on a personal level, I think there's, that really comes down to what I call fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness, and financial fitness. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can, you know, if you can be mentally fit, physically fit, and emotionally fit, you're, you're really ready for whatever life brings you. Absolutely. So it's, it's extreme behavior. It's discipline. discipline. It's giving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's giving more value than you take from the world. And this is what's hard because in the business world, we're often trying to jockey, right? Mm. What can I give you? How do I get, you know, all that it's get, 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 can I, you know, can I get your email address for my newsletter? Right. Can Mm. I get your phone number so I can text you all the, it's what can I get? But great companies and successful companies give so much value to the world that we can't ignore them. Mm. It's, it's, and, I'll, and I'll list some American centric companies just because I'm here and it's no disrespect, but you know, look at, you know, look at like Amazon where you push a button on your phone and something's delivered. And I know that there are plenty of companies that do that even better in Asia, right? Where they'll deliver it right to your door. They won't, you right. know, uh, an, an hour later, right? You don't even have to wait. Right. Uh, what, that's one of the exciting things about going to, to Asia in the United States because homes are spread out so far. They can't do one hour delivery everywhere, right? But you you go when I travel internationally, I hit a button on my phone and boom, it's just delivered it's just right there. to my absolutely. Yeah, so when you give more value, so as you said, it's it's very very difficult. So how do companies do that? I mean, everybody everybody's after profit. Everybody wants to survive. If it is a small business, they want to pay their bills first. If it's a big company, again, they they also look at you know uh, to meet the investors' expectations. So how do you actually? Uh, put a strategy around giving first, but still staying profitable and growing. So, uh, you know, part of this is a mindset more than anything else. Most people think that uh, giving is about cutting into your profit. Oh, let's give a discount. Mm. But money isn't what what people want. People mm. want uh, a premium and experience at a fair price, but they don't want extreme discounts. Yes, there is a a tier, a bottom tier that wants um, you know you to, to 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 lower your price or do crazy things like that, but that's not the majority. Um, for example, giving more value could be uh, the way that you treat customers when they come into your retail establishment. Mm. Um, you know, uh, surprising and delight them. You know, maybe you're selling something and you say, "Oh, hey, I would also like to give you this little thing over here as well." And uh, what 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 seems like a gift is really a hook. That gets them to come back and buy some more later. Yeah, makes total sense. Okay, so we are done. Let me let me give uh-huh. you a really silly example right here, uh-huh. especially for all of your all of your listeners. So one of our clients was a very very large software manufacturer in Silicon Valley, and mm-hmm. they were spinning off this group that was almost like a startup. Right, they were trying to like be innovative and spin off this group, and it was this kind of kind of very nerdy complex. Uh, software. And, you know, uh, often people would have support requests and all of us, you know, whether, you know, you, you've, whether it's Apple or Amazon or wherever mm-hmm. you purchase something, you, you know, you put in a support request. And mm-hmm. what I said to them is, listen, guys, listen, most people, uh, don't ask the right question in support. They're like the white thing on the black thing is like making the other thing shake and it's not <laughs> working. right. And you're like, what? I don't even have to answer. I said, the problem with support is people communicate what they see or what they feel, and you have to translate that into, you know, how you actually operate, how you fix the problem. So, uh, you know, I, I'm working with them. I said, can I, can I just, can I do something? And this is an experiment. It's really silly, but I, I think it could potentially work. Mm-hmm. So what we did was, at the end of each support request, I sent an email that said, you know, hey Ashley, oh shucks, right? Uh, you just, we just answered your support question. But most of the time, people have one more question they really want to ask. 
<laughs> what's what's still bothering you? And this is an interesting question because notice I didn't ask you. I mean, sometimes now someone will send you an email. How well did we support your question? And most of the time, none of us answer that because it's just crap. Unless someone's horrible, then we answer a one. But most of the time, we just don't have time for it. But here was my email. It's very personal. What other question can I answer for you? And what's interesting was that we got responses from more than 50% of people. In fact, it was more than 70% of people. It was like 73% of people who actually wrote us back and said, oh, yes, thanks for asking. I've got blah, blah, blah. And they ask a question. And of that 73% of people, half of those needed something that they needed to buy from us. Mm. So in other words, someone said, this isn't working right. And we looked at it and said, oh, you need another license. Oh, you need to upgrade your accounts. Oh, you need to get that feature. You need to do blah, blah, blah. And it required more money. And that resulted in $300 million in brand new revenue. Wow. And so if you're listening, you may not have a, you know, a, you know, a company that can add 300 million, but I'll tell you, there is significant revenue in, in, in providing, you know, a, a great experience like that. And that's what I call giving more value. Your job is not just your app. Your job is not just your, your company, your platform, your product, your giving value means that you create this incredible experience. When I'm in front of groups, I call it this, Ashley. Mm-hmm. It's a theater, theater of success, yep. right? You know, when you go to, to, to watch a movie, the sound, the lighting, the costumes, green screen, all of that stuff, they make it so that you actually believe for a few <laughs> seconds that somebody actually did that, right? You're part of the show, yeah. right? You're part of the show. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and every element is done right. And then when it comes to sales, our, our emails are sloppy, our websites are ugly, our email signature is, you know, 75 hyperlinks and ridiculous. And, and, and we haven't sat down and said, whoa, 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 stop. How do we create a theater with beautiful lights and colors and things that romance us and bring surprise and delight? And it's no wonder I'm able to help my clients make many, many millions of dollars because for the first time, They have somebody telling them and guiding them through this process where they can create this theater and it gives so much value to the consumer. That's Th- so much. Yeah. Value. That makes a lot of doesn't sense. Matter yeah. What you're in. yeah. So it's extreme discipline giving. And then the last one is human, human, um, mm. uh, being human, uh, you know, humans, we're great. We're great at a lot of stuff. We're not robots. We make mistakes mm. and, uh, you know, successful people hack that they hack into that. Um, they use their flaws and humanity to help people, uh, achieve a higher level of success. Here's what I mean by mm-hmm. that. Look at even a lot of our emails. They're very stiff. Uh, we'll use a business perspective. Very stiff. Um, uh, our applications for jobs, are very stiff. Our resumes are boring. Look at, um, you know, uh, e- even whether it's writing for a college Um, you know, um, uh, you know, preparation exam or whether it's advanced edu- you know, a, a, an advanced degree, everything is very like templated. Right. And there's this beautiful, uh, beautiful stuff that we do as humans because of our flaws and it's hacking into that. Here, here's an example. So usually when I'm in an audience, I, I use, um, uh, I'll often use curse words to, to shock people. Mm. Like even in my email, business emails, I might say, you know, Oh shit, we screwed up. <laughs> I might say that in an email. 
and, and then I'll do a sad face, like emoji. And people, it's funny, uh, will email me back, say, oh, no big deal. It's sorry. It's no big. And, and, but people get that real sense of like, we meant of it. how right? you feel, yeah. And, uh, you know, exactly. And so, um, you know, this kind of stiff, um, robotic, uh, have to check, you know, check with your PR before you do anything, right? Never make mistakes. Uh, you know, everyone looks wonderfully sexy on Instagram or LinkedIn. All right. Like on LinkedIn, everyone's a ninja or a wizard. And there's something to be said for people who just say, I'm not where I'm at right now, but I'm working really hard to get there. Mm, right. Mm. That's, that's who we attach ourselves to as humans. We want to go to bat for those guys. We want to fight for those guys. And so I think it's a powerful lesson to remember. That's very, very, very useful. And can small businesses also use it? Oh, absolutely. So every business I've ever launched, I launched with my own money. Right. And never had a, a penny, never had a penny of investment from others. And I had to sell, right? I had to sell. I had to produce my own revenue to keep lights on. And so that's where I learned these rules. And then I thought, well, what if I wonder if they could work for really big companies? Mm. And so I rolled them out for a couple of larger companies. And I was like, wow, they do. That's pretty cool. And so, yeah, all of these rules, these processes were honed by 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 me and and of course now I'm an advisor to a bunch of startups and smaller businesses and you know if you've got a business that's you know less than a million you may be discouraged if you've got a business that's less than 10 million you've probably been working at it for a little bit of time you may be like what do we do for that next level I, I think I, th I think I, I've just given you the roadmap for yeah that. Just sit down with your team and say what's the most extreme thing we could do and then number two what are the things we're not doing with discipline Like the good ideas and the recommendations and all the stuff that we say we should be doing. Like, but we never get to we, it. How do we make that? <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, how do we give them way, way more value? How would someone say to me, you know, Ashley, like you want to go buy from those guys? Like I felt like it was a steal. Like I, I felt like I was stealing from them. It was that much of a good value, <laughs> right? How do we create that, that sense? And then the last one about the human is, you know, when you make a mistake, how do we quickly apologize? How do we reward great behavior? You know what I mean? All of those human things, how do we tap into that a little bit more? That's your roadmap right there. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, you, Dan, you are so positive and you are so full of energy and uh, you can just, I mean, we can feel that you are enjoying everything that you do. Who influenced you? You just mentioned a couple of people. Uh, who you're following, but how have you become so positive? Were you always like that? Um, no, and I'm not like that all the time now. Uh -huh. So I'm actually pretty moody at times. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a somewhat of an obsessive personality, right? I, I'm driven. I'm driven. Yep. I want more for my, for my life. And so I get discouraged when I'm not there yet. But to be candid with you, I don't mess around because it's my life. So if I, if I need, um, you know, uh, if I need some inspiration, I go and get it. I'll often tell the people I'm working with, motivation is the one thing you lose just after you stop looking for it. Mm. So some days I'm like, I'm off my game. I feel like, oh man, I'm not working right. Something's weird. And so what I do is I stop, I get a book, I get something else that would inspire me and I read it and I take notes and I go, oh, okay. And after about an hour of that, my mind's back in my game and away I go. And, and listen, it's not luck. Right. I don't want to waste a minute of my life. I don't want to waste an hour of my life, right? I, I don't know how much time I have. I could be gone tomorrow or the next day. I don't know. And so it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's not guessing. Well, I hope today's a good day. No, no, no. 
I'm going to make today <laughs> a good day, right? And that's available for everyone. I'm not, there's nothing special about me at all. Um, in fact, you know, and by some people's, uh, you know, accounting, I dropped out of college. I failed. I've lost homes. I've built businesses and then lost them. I mean, I've done a lot of things that haven't been pretty, right? That, 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 that other people would call as epic failures. Through it all, though, um, I, I just had this belief that uh, my life was destined for greatness because uh, I was unwilling to quit and unwilling to give up when other people would normally say, yeah, this is probably not for me. I tried. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you are also an extreme athlete. Does sport help you or because of it, again, you keep pushing yourself forward? Are you still into sports? Yeah. Um, I had three races last month Ooh. in March. Uh, so I'm an ultra runner. So um, just for all of you tough people out there, I, I well, I used, I did MMA in my 20s and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Um, <laughs> but as an ultra runner, my job is 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 to stay inside my mind and and as you said, you know, be positive and maybe be realistic mm. and and continue. Um, I had something happen uh, a couple weeks ago that you know that never happened before. I ran um, in, in in March. I ran two races that were just you know amazing. And on one race, I got third place, and I was like, "Yay, this is very good." And then my second race, I ran, I got second place, and and these are elite runners, so right. I was like feeling really good. And I got to my third race of the month, and I thought, "Okay, this is great." And you know, these these are races that are hard, like. 40,000 feet. Congratulations. You know, 15, Whoa. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, of, of, of elevation, 40,000 feet of elevation. And I'm running down the side of this mountain. I trip. I, I injure myself pretty badly. <gasps> um, <clears throat> and, you know, I got really down on myself. And I was like thinking, you know, this is, this is you know, I'm limping. I can, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, but, but the, here's the thought that hit me. It's like, look, running, running allows me to, to channel my frustration, right? Uh, maybe some people like hot yoga uh, or or something else where you can just like work it out, right? Get you know work out your frustration, think through things, meditate. You know, I, it's kind of funny to call running meditation, but it gives you a <laughs> chance just like away from your computer to like think about stuff, and that's the power of 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 uh, of running for me. Now oh, that's that's beautiful. Um, you have also an extremely successful blog that I'm browsing. I've been browsing it uh, the past couple of days. And you write a lot about relationships. You write about money. You write about, uh, you know, all the things that make people successful. Uh, do you learn that information from somewhere else and then summarize it for people? Or how have you started your blog? How impactful was it for your business? And why do you keep going? I keep going because I'm, I'm stubborn. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking somewhat, but um, I started blogging back in 2006. Wow. Here's what I've seen with blogging since, since 2006. It was, no one was doing it. Then everyone was doing it. Now, uh, <laughs> then no one, now no one's doing it. Cause now they're doing video. Right. Right. So it's kind of come and gone and come and gone. And that's probably the waves that it will be. Right. Uh, through it all, like like running, writing is a tremendous vehicle to encapsulate thoughts that are bouncing around your head. Mm. Now, like with any skill, 
um, it, it, you know, I tell people who say, oh, I love your writing. I'm like, great. <laughs> Thank you. There are other people who are like, oh, you know, I, I don't like how hardcore you are. Great. You know, that's my answer across all because it's not necessarily for other people. It's for me to organize my thoughts and then present them to me and to motivate me and to talk about things that I'm working on. Now, that shifted in 2018. At the beginning of this year, I made a shift. I said, mm. usually I blog about whatever I want to blog about, whenever I want to blog about. And um, But I said, no, I'm going to be disciplined. And so for the entire month of January, I blogged every day about purpose, ah. finding a purpose, knowing what your purpose is. Mm. So I was like diving deep. That forced me to be disciplined. Like, look at this one subject from a bunch of different angles, right? It forces you to like, reconsider or question all of your assumptions. And then we did the same thing in February with the idea of commitment. Uh, and then we did the same thing in March with relationships, right. business relationships, personal. And then this month is about your finances or money. And what's neat about this is now it's forcing me to kind of go, what number one, what do I think I know about this? And then learning and growing and and it's just, it's fun. And then we have two special features on our blog. Every Saturday, we release a, what's called a Saturday story. Mm. So if you're on damwatchman.com slash blog, if you see the stories, we write these, we, you know, we, we dig deep into, into, you know, things you may not have even thought about, you know, successful people, you know, um, in the United States, there's a famous action star, you know, uh, who, 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 um, Sylvester Stallone, who did Rocky. Right, 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 and, of course. Amazing act. He did the expendables and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we, I told this story about how the fact that, you know, when he moved to Hollywood, he was so broke that he couldn't afford food for himself and food for his dog at the same time. Aww. And so he was heartbroken that he sold his dog in order to get some food to, to stay alive. And then, um, months later, he sold his his uh, uh, what what was Rocky, the first one. Mm. Now that I think there's like six of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sold Rocky and made a bunch of money and paid. He sold his dog for fifty dollars. He bought his dog back for three thousand dollars. <laughs> and and what's interesting is like, you know, I think sometimes we think and uh, that success is going to be easy, and even people listening go, no, 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 no. I don't think that. Well, I think we do. And here's why. Um, you look at someone like Sylvester and you're like, well, you know, he's got that kind of mean, hardcore face, right? He's got that. But yeah, it's like, what are you willing to do? And that's why I say be extreme. You know, this is a guy who looked down and said, I, I, I love this animal. It's been my best friend, but I have to sell my best friend so that I can get food so I can continue pursuing my path to success. And, 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 and yeah, it was, it was ugly and he was, it, it was, it was sad. Right. And, and it was, yeah. a, it was a bad day, but that's what I mean about extreme, um, not packing it up, not quitting, not making excuses. It's just saying, whew, I got to do whatever I got to do. And so anyways, I love stories like that because they shed a perspective, a light on that, that you may not, and others may not have ever heard before. Absolutely. Absolutely. But a lot of people then also say, so how do I know I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm selling my dog or I'm selling a business or I'm firing this person or I'm, you know, starting a new project or I'm taking whatever, a new loan. 
How do they know they, they are doing the right thing? Um, there is no right thing. Mm-hmm. There is no right thing. Um, that, and that's one thing to, to remember is that there are things that work for you now and, and then there is everything else. Um, so even for, for example, I'm, I'm 39 now, mm-hmm. um, and I've accomplished a couple, uh, you know, amazing things and, 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 in a couple decades, but what I'm doing now is completely different than what I used to do before. Right. And what works for me in the past no longer works for me and what will work for me in the future is going to be different. So you, um, you, you have to, you have to stay grounded to a couple core, uh, principles. Like what do you actually stand for? What's your life about? Mm. Not, and don't tell me making money. Um, and here's an example. Um, you know, most people operate under the, the, this logic. If I have money, I can do amazing things and I can (laughs) be happy, have do be. Mm. But if you look at successful people, they have a different model. It's, I want to be amazing so that I can do fun things so that I can, uh, you know, have whatever I want to have, right? Mm. Be, do, have, not have, do, be. Mm-hmm. It's opposite. And that's an example is that most people are so driven. I have to have this job. Do you really have to have that job? Um, you know, oh, I, no, well, I have a mortgage to pay it. I, I have cars. Well, could, could you sell your home? Could you sell your cars? I mean, what's, what are you willing to do? Again, it goes back to that, that, extreme discipline, giving and human, what are you willing to do to get to where you want to be? Because when I look at successful people, they just, their perspective is not, well, you know, I have these limits. Their perspective is there are no limits that, that are going to stop me, Mm. right? There's nothing I'm willing to like hold on to if it's in the way between me and success. And, and, and I often talk to you know, because a lot of my business is now in front of on stages. Right. I just got back from Dubai. Um, I'm, I'm in Russia a couple times. Yeah. Um, in Rostov and Moscow and different places doing keynotes in front of groups and things like that. And <clears throat> and people say, well, you don't understand me. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know me. Like, like, for example, I, I, I have all these things. And, and 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 like they're holding me back. And my simple response is you don't have those things. Those things have you. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, they're the anchor that's holding you back and you often have to, to jettison those things. And it might be, you've got to walk away from some friends. You might have to move away from from, some, some family. You might, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things you might have to do in order to kind of get closer to where you want to be. Um, for example, in the United States, we historically have not had a lot of oil and gas. Mm. We do in some parts, some parts, but you know, Russia's got a lot of oil. <laughs> uh, the Middle East has oil, and, and that's and that th- those those are the guys are drilling under the ground. All of a sudden, in early two thousand, we hit um, we hit these uh, pockets under our soil called natural gas. Yep. and all of a sudden, this economy that we never knew existed popped up. And, um, and, and it, it was like in the middle of nowhere in like North Dakota, we had these, uh, natural gas fields. And I had a couple buddies of mine who were unhappy with, you know, how much money they were making. They moved to North Dakota and were working in these jobs where they were learning and like brand new learning and growing and, and making, you know, multiple six digits mm. just because that's what they were paying workers to get this natural gas out of the ground. 
In fact, one of my friends told me that the starting hourly wage at Walmart was $20 an hour. No. Almost four times as high <laughs> as any other Walmart. And so why? Because no one wanted to work at Walmart. So they had to keep raising the price to get people to work there. Right. And what's neat about it is, you know, they went on to, uh, to, to do really, you know, save a lot of money. And, and so think about this. These are guys who are willing to live uh, in like bunk beds, mm. right? Just mm. working all day, making all this money, saving it. And, and just to, to get themselves out of a jam. Mm. And I think that's pretty incredible. Uh, people, we make a lot of excuses, you know, for, for our lives. Another friend of mine, um, she was getting married and uh, well, she's a new friend of mine. I heard her story and I said, I have to be friends with you. Um, she was getting married and she was worried that she was bringing all of her debt into her relationship. Mm. And so she told her fiance, look, I want to wait one extra year before we get married. I want to pay off this debt. Mm. And she did something really amazing. She did, um, she did what we call uh, a black and white uh, spending freeze. She said, most of my spending, I was like, oh, I need this dress. I need this thing. I need these shoes. Everything was gray. Like I'm going to use it to go to a business event and that's going to make me more money. So I need it. Mm. She said, no. She was making about um, she was making about uh, eighty thousand dollars a year, which is a good which is good money yeah, U.S. Yeah. dollars eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. But she had fifty five thousand dollars in debt. Oh wow! So that's a lot. Credit cards a lot. That's a lot. And she said, "I really want to pay this off because I don't want this to impact my marriage. I don't want this to impact my marriage." Right. And so uh, she paid off in fifteen months all fifty five thousand dollars. Oh, that's fantastic! And. 15 months. Can you imagine that? She said, um, um, instead of my fancy gym, I'm going to get a gym that costs, you know, $9 a month. I'm going to cancel cable. I'm going to cancel uh, cable television. I'm going to cancel my phones. So all she had on her phone was no data, just phone calling for, <laughs> for $9 a month. So she took her expenses down to nothing. Absolute minimum. Nothing, nothing. Mm. Exactly. And then paid off everything. And then after one year, she had paid off so much that she said, you know what? I think I'm going to give myself a, 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 a little bit of spending money so I can have fun. She gave herself $100 a month to do whatever she wanted with. And so she made good money. She was, she was making pretty good money. But she paid off this debt magnificently because of uh, just her absolute dedication to, uh, to, to this goal. And so, so when I hear stories like this, I, I tell people, wait a minute. Other people are doing it. Other people are raising their income. Other people are paying off debt. Other people are turning around their lives. Other people are getting in shape, right? Mm, mm. So, so can you. So can you. Why do you think there are so few uh, people in business that actually do that? So few businessmen that are willing to go to that length. Why we are surrounded by mediocre companies and mediocre uh, lives? That's a complex question, but it comes down to a few things. One, uh, at the heart of it is the most important thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it's this, they don't need to. So people will change when they need to change, right? Uh, people say, oh, I can't change. No, no, no. You can change. Trust me. You just don't need to change. <laughs> so, um, you know, some businesses, they're doing good enough. They're doing well enough. They don't need to change. Everything's okay. And so they, they don't need, they don't make any changes. There's nothing to force them or encourage them to make those changes. So um, that's that's really the heart of it. Mm. That, 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 that's the heart of it is, is if you don't need to change, you won't. Now, 
how do you need to change? Well, you, you, you create this need or longing inside yourself to change by having bigger goals than you're achieving right now. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is find yourself in a situation where you're forced to change. You know, you have to lay off people. You're thinking about going bankrupt Mm. or whatever. Uh, you're feeling threatened by a competitor, right? Mm. So there are things that will naturally kind of get under your skin and force you to change. But, but even then you might only be forced to change a little. Yep. And so, and so the reality is, um, um, you know, many businesses don't change because they don't, they, the, the urgency, the urgency, the need, the demand just isn't there for them to change. Absolutely. And you're working across so many continents and so many countries. Do you see that people perceive success, business success, and the way they approach doing business and, you know, taking things to the next level differently? You just mentioned you work in Russia, you've got an office in Japan, you're flying all around the world. So are they different? Yeah, they are. They are. And so I've I've had to refine, uh, choose my words carefully. Um, (laughs) And also uh, be clear that when I say success, most people think a couple things. They think, you know, beautiful women, fancy cars, and lots of money. It's just, that's kind of what <laughs> pops up. I don't and, see women when I think our... about success. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, you know, so so it's like it's like good-looking people, we'll say that, right? Good-looking <laughs> people doing very extravagant things. That's, that's kind of our idea of success. Right. Kind of a GQ photo spread on a yacht somewhere. Right. Um, and... But there, there are many things that are, that are bring us just as much fulfillment, if not more. As soon as you have a kid and you see them succeeding, that's success, right? Um, you know, when, you know, I, I speak to people all over the, t- all over the place who are you know, trying to lose weight and they do that mm. and, and that's success. And it could be, I want to learn a new habit. I'm going to get up an hour earlier each day to try to work on this habit. Well, that's success. And, and, you know, what's interesting is success is really an attitude long before it's a result. Yeah. That, that's the thing that people forget that long before you see the fruits of success, it's already, it's already been a mindset inside your head. You've already locked it in, right? You, you're, it's already predetermined. It's like you've thrown the boomerang out there, it hasn't come back yet, but you've thrown the boomerang out there and success is going to be on the back end of it. Uh, what you see of the results of success are going to be on the back end of it. And so I've tried to uh, refine my wording. And, you know, when I'm speaking in Asia, it's a little different because um, I'm less, uh, I try to slow down, right? My speaking, right. Be a little more calm and build, <laughs> um, you know, build a more, uh, uh, present this in a more, uh, you know, a more structured way. Mm. Um, when I'm in the United States, it's kind of wild, wild west, you know, you're just pumping people up <laughs> and, and different, you know, different people respond differently. One thing I learned in Russia was I don't ask questions. Because uh, they don't, don't answer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So when you're on stage, you say, what's your questions and answers? And you've got these successful business people just looking at you like, I'm not <laughs> asking a question, you know? And so, so, so you, you learn, you know, okay, Okay, culturally, we all think of success a little differently, but but across the world, we're all looking for this sense of significance. Mm. We're all looking for this feeling of fulfillment. And so that's universal. And if I can help people achieve that, man, that's how I want to spend my my, my whole life. Absolutely beautiful. 
So what are those companies that you're running right now? I mean, you mentioned that you are speaking at, you know, tons of events and you've got a consulting company and you're author of a book. So what are those companies? Tell us a bit more. Who do you work with? What exactly do you do? Yeah, so so um, so so Waldschmidt Partners, um, and you can find out more about this just at you know danwaldschmidt.com. But but um, we 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 provide programs for for crowds mm. uh, speaking, uh, programs for groups uh, and training, um, and then programs for one on one. And and of course, as it makes sense, um, as it gets more personal, it just gets a little more. Uh, the price goes up a little more, um, and and that's kind of very clearly how we. Um, help people. Um, and what we're moving, uh, we have digital courses online that, that anyone can consume. Mm-hmm. We have, um, you know, uh, you know, coaching and, and, in a group environment. And then often I'll go in and, and help, uh, CEOs or, or team leads. Um, I, I've now become a little more choosy to be, to be candid with you, mm. um, where I, I want to work with people who want to change, in in my past, I've helped people who had fires, and I'm helping put out the fire. Aww. But that's that's um, that's hard. That's hard for them. It's hard for me. Um, and so um, I'm doing a better job now of saying, look, I want to work with people who want to change, who want to be awesome. I want to take this newfound knowledge, not just use it to like make money and then you know go about their business busy way, but really want to you know change the world, make the world better. That's absolutely beautiful. And are you focusing on the States or you are global? And do you have any new markets, for example, like China? Are you coming to us anytime soon? Uh, I, I'm planning it. Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I, uh, John Lee, uh, who's, who's been in China working uh, on setting up some uh, business events right. for me. It, it's, it's a market that we know um, that we want to jump into. We're, we're figuring out the best way to do that. So if anyone in your audience has it figured out, then uh, call me. Yes. <laughs> I'd be happy to talk. Guys, about you definitely yeah. should. You yes. definitely should because Asia these days is totally ready for training. I mean, I remember mainland China, um, you know, 10 years ago and that industry was just not there. And even right now in Asia, this public speaking and training and, you know, development and business development, personal development, keynotes, right? All that is in its infancy. It's uh, so, 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 yes. so small. But uh, we were just having conversations earlier, uh, conversation earlier today with Frederick Heron. Uh, uh, and he was saying that when he arrived to China a couple of, uh, let's say, 15 years back, uh, you know, uh, somebody asked him to speak at the event and he said, okay, how much is it going to cost? And they said 20,000. So he said, well, that's a little bit too cheap. This, you know, these are like very low fees. And the guy said, no, 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 you need to pay us 10, 20,000. So the industry was completely screwed up. You had to pay to speak in front of people when right now, slowly and gradually. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was there 10 years ago. So right now, as this whole industry is progressing and they're becoming a lot more professional and a lot of Chinese, I mean, I was at Tony Robbins event a couple of months ago, and I can tell you a quarter of that uh, of that um, audience in Singapore was from China. Another quarter was from Russia and the rest people from all around the world. So that industry is definitely uh, coming up here in China as well and in Asia uh, altogether. And uh, I think in the coming 10 to 20 years, it's going to be super, 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 super interesting. So we're all waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, we, we, we look at things and say, how, how can we provide the most value? 
Um, and then of course, you know, you need to build a business around it because if you're not helping other people, uh, you know, uh, better their lives and, and doing it in a systematic way, it, it you know, you're probably, you're, you're, you're probably letting some things fall through the cracks and, um, and, and you know, that's, that's never a good thing. So you, you need to be organized. We're working on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm wide open to how we can bring, um, our, our sense of perspective. And I, I want, um, to empower people to learn, like you don't have to play it safe. Mm. Um, you don't also have to be reckless. You don't have to be reckless, but you don't have to play it safe. And, and I'm not telling you, I used to say things when I was younger, like everything you've heard about success is wrong. <laughs> so I no longer say that, right? Because, because that's not true. I mean, look, there's a lot of things you've heard about success, but if you have this feeling like, man, I'm meant for more, or, you know, I'm hearing these things from my family. I'm hearing these things from, you know, other people, but like, man, I like, I feel something different and I don't know how to tap into that. And I want you to lean into that, lean into that feeling and then raise your hand so that we can help you. Right. Let, let us guide you. And, and by the way, there's a lots of free stuff. We've got a podcast uh, that comes out each day and we've got, um, articles and stories and lists that come out mm. every day. I mean, we just came out something early this week with, 11 apps to help you, you know, save more money, things like that. Just, just again, framing so much up this value. entire whole yeah. life picture. Yes. Yeah. Trying to give value. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And talking about value, would there be any books or any resources, any blogs of yours or somebody else that you would recommend every one of our listeners to check out? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a brief advertisement here is that you know, you don't even have to pay for my book anymore. If you go to freeedgybook.com, free edgy as three words, all, all smacked together, freeedgybook.com, free mm. um, we'll send you a copy and you can, you can, you can buy, uh, uh, the audio book, which we just re-released, uh, there as well as part of that. But, but, um, but, but if you just want the book, we'll sign it and send it to you. Um, and, and that's pretty awesome. But, um, <clears throat> You know, in, in my mind, I use, um, uh, I, I track a lot of people. I think every day I'm tracking about 1300 different sources mm. and I use, I use it. I use an application called Feedly, okay. Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y, Feedly.com. Right. And, and it's just RSS feeds. And what I do is I'll, I'll take people, you know, who are writing blogs and motivation I'm you know, I'm tracking everything from, you know, neuroscience, how we think to, to like, um, you know, fitness so that I can work out better mm. to, you know, news and politics and sports. And I'm always looking for that extra edge. Right. And so, uh, for me, it's like, I, I can open my app on my phone or open my computer and immediately dive into this material when I have a few minutes and I'm looking for inspiration. Mm. I think that's the key. I'll, I'll, I said that earlier you know, inspiration, motivation. It's the one thing you lose just after you stop looking for it. Right. And so it's, it's on us to keep, keep going after those things and finding it. And yes, along the way, you've got your Bandlers and you've got your, you know, Eckhart Tolle's and you've got your Robbins and, and there's a, there's a generation, you've got your Dan Welchman's, right? You've got your other people who are <laughs> providing you great content and processes out there. And it's, it's like, just jump in, jump in. You don't have to buy into all of it. Just for a couple of minutes, allow yourself to dream that there's more out there for you because that's the reality. It's waiting for you to go and get it. 
It's waiting for you. All you have to do is like reach your hand out and take it. That's beautiful. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, you delivered so much value to all of us. Uh, we know a lot more about success right now. And actually those four steps to becoming a more successful company and to basically lean in. I actually took tons of notes. I'm a compulsive note taker here. And I took uh, three pages of notes. I know exactly what to do with my businesses as well. And guys, I recommend all of you to check out Dan's blog. Uh, go to freeedgybook.com to also get a free copy of his book. Thank you very much for this fantastic, uh, again, value. Dan, it was such a pleasure to have you here. We definitely hope to see more of you on stage uh, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Japan, and of course, in mainland China very, very soon. Um, guys, stay subscribed to ashleytalks.com, share this fantastic episode out and stay tuned for more. Dan, thank you again. Thank you, Ashley. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.